Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me here today. Uh, joining me here today is John Gordon, the co-founder and managing partner at HC9 Ventures. I had it. Twisted words today, John. I don't, I don't know what... Uh, I, I do a ton of these, and uh, you're the one I'm tripping up on, so it's your presence. I, 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 tend to ha I have that effect on people. What can I say? <laughs> I love it. Um, would, would love to first kick things off by hearing a little bit about your background, and then we'll dive into HC9 Ventures. Sure. Uh, I, I, I won't try and drag the story out too long, but um, I, this is probably my, my sixth or seventh career, to be honest. I start off uh, majored in public policy, but environmental policy. Um, so naturally, I got a job in finance coming out of college. Um, and actually, weirdly enough, ran into my old boss on the subway just this week after not having seen him for 23 years, walked past him, uh, but didn't like working in finance, ended up joining in uh, .com in January of 2000, which was really great timing. Uh, that one didn't work out either, um, but I did meet my wife that way. So in the end, it was, it was a big win. Uh, and then from there, ended up uh, joining a nonprofit to do fundraising. Did that for two years before going back to business school and said, you know what, I, I missed that sort of entrepreneurial vibe from the dot-com. So let me go back and, and try and figure out, I want to build a business, worked on a bunch of different business ideas, and then ultimately ended up launching a durable medical equipment business. So I came out of B school, was selling wheelchairs, diapers, catheters, you know, what every young MBA dreams of doing. Um, and, you know, did that for almost four years, but the business ran into the great recession. And to be honest, uh, it was, uh, it, it wasn't sort of the right timing to build a business like that. There's some more successful models that are being built these days. Um, but realized I wanted to stay in healthcare. I actually come from a healthcare family. My doc, dad's a doc, my mother's a nurse and, but never felt that desire to be in healthcare until having gone through that experience and kind of through networking and some series of happy coincidences ended up at New York Presbyterian Hospital. Um, joined there March 15th, 2010, which was 11 days before the Affordable Care Act passed. And found myself, um, uh, I was in a strategy group and joined a group that when I joined was focused really around growth strategy. You know, what docs do we hire? What, uh, what programs do we invest in? But once the ACA passed, it's sort of the I was very fortunate to be in the right place at the right time where the, the group became much more focused on sort of where's the world going and what does this institution need to do to respond? And so I got to do some really cool stuff there. I built their accountable care organization. I built their telehealth program. Um, I built worked on their genomic medicine program. And along the way, you know, that was kind of, you know, with the ARRA dollars, meaningful use, along with the ACA kind of kicked off that digital health explosion uh, you know, 2009, 2010, and started mentoring some companies. I, I like to call it vicarious entrepreneurship and found myself in the mixed in the digital health world in New York City at that time. And would go back to my boss, the chief strategy officer, say, you know, we really need to have a corporate venture program. And they would, she'd always say to me, not now and not you. And then one day she sent me an email. She said, our time has come. And I wrote her back for what? And that was sort of the moment where, you know, we'd gotten the, uh, the okay to go ahead and launch a, a corporate venture fund. So built and ran NYP's corporate venture fund, did that for a number of years before leaving to go to uh, health plan, Massachusetts called Commonwealth care Alliance to lead an innovation and venture for them also ran one of their portfolio companies. Um, and then in May of 2021 left CCA and uh, said, I'm, I'm going to try and raise a fund. 
and so we can we can talk about that story. But uh, that was sort of the 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 genesis of what's now HC nine. And talk us through now. So you just mentioned, and and this came out uh, towards the end of twenty twenty two, right? The launch of your first fund. Uh, talk us through, you know, what that process was like, what the focus of the fund will really be, and then we are going to talk here a little bit about three of your most recent investments as well, which I know the audience will be interested in hearing about. Great. Great. So yeah, the way it came about, you know, it, it was, I, I guess I was part of the great resignation. Uh, you know, it was sort of one of these things that said, okay, I'm going to give this a go. Um, it seemed like worth a try. And I had been uh, thinking about this, who was I going to work with, tossing around a bunch of different ideas and ended up actually, uh, I'm a cyclist. I was on a bike ride uh, with a friend of mine um who i'd known over the years he and i actually did a, a bike race across the country i think you can't be a vc without some sort of ridiculous hobby so in my case it's cycling um and you know he said you know you really should talk to richard and charlie about this and so my my other two co-founders richard lungeon and charlie falcone are the uh they also founded a company called leverage health solutions that does outsource business development for companies that sell into payers and their first customer going back to 2007 was Teladoc. So they got quite a track record doing this sort of thing. And, and my friend said to me, hey, you know, you should really talk to, to Richard and Charlie about this. They've been thinking about something similar. So reached out to them. We started chatting. And I want to say it was August 2021, August 21, where we said, you know what, what the heck, let's do this. And we started going around talking to some people. There's there's some folks that I knew. There were some folks in particular that Richard knew. Richard has an amazing, amazing Rolodex. Um, and some folks had said, hey, you know, if you ever have a fund, let's talk. And some of those folks ultimately, uh, in fact, the person who brought us together, he was one of our anchor investors. And then he said, you know, do you want me to call my friend, uh, Dave Wickman? Dave being the former CEO of United Healthcare, he said, absolutely. So we start, we sat down with Dave. Dave said, I want to come in. I really believe what you're doing. And, and it kind of snowballed from there. And we, you know, it started off with these conversations with individuals and we we're trying to think, okay, how do we build the LP base of this fund? And we'd gotten to the point, you know, over the, the following couple months that we realized we had enough individuals in the fund and they were all healthcare people. And that's what it's, where, where actually it sort of came together is that, you know, you, you build that sort of nucleus, that anchor nucleus where, it's a combination of trust and credibility that, that comes to the table. And that's how we've ended up building the LP base of the fund is, is having folks like that at the table. You know, uh, all these folks um, have been incredible supporters of ours. And that's ultimately kind of, we realized along the way as we got the first 2025 LPs, you know, what we're building here is a, an amazing community. A community of folks who know healthcare well, having been operators, having been founders, having been investors. And what we realized to, to truly differentiate ourselves, I mean, among Richard, Charlie and I, we have probably 60, 70 years in healthcare. Um, but what we realized is we started building an LP base that's got an enormous background in healthcare. And that and, and those are folks that all knew each other. So there are other folks that came in, you know, where said, I'm interested, but let me talk to so-and-so. And they talked to them and said, oh, I'm definitely in because they're in. But I want to make sure we all get to spend time together. And so what we've done is we've intentionally built a fund that's comprised of all these folks in healthcare. And we said to them, we're going to give you the opportunity to engage. We're going to give the opportunity to engage with each other. And we're going to give you the opportunity to engage with the portfolio companies, whether that's during diligence, whether that's after close, um, in all kinds of different roles. And, and, um, and so 
that's how the fund came together. And, and we've been incredibly fortunate in that, uh, you know, kind of getting the right people around the table, even created some FOMO. We even went into our last LP meeting. We said, okay, we're closed. And a few people came up to us and said, wait, we still want to come in. Uh, or I, I should say, I have a friend that wants to come in. And, uh, and so that's how we ended up with an $83 million fund and feel incredibly fortunate that, to, you know, to, to hit that kind of number, in a, as a first time fund in, you know, basically 13 months of fundraising in this kind of market, just so fortunate to be able to do that. Yeah. Kudos to, to you and the team. That's no. Well, Richard no gets most of the credit. Let me be honest. He, <laughs> he did all the hard, heavy lifting. I'm just the pretty face. <laughs> uh, you don't have to laugh too hard at that one. <laughs> I'm not trying now. Now I feel bad. Uh, <laughs> Good thing uh, podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so talk us through these three most recent investments, uh, what the investment was, why it was of interest, and give us, I guess, like, you know, two minutes, you know, one to two minutes on each of these investments. Sure. So let me, let me start at a high level in terms of our philosophy. So you kind of heard about how we built the fund. And the way we look at the world from an investing standpoint, first of all, we're seed and A, and we are software and services. Our preference is for companies that have product market fit, but really want to get that go-to-market flywheel spinning, you know, given all the relationships that we have, the insights that we have, and things like that. And so we look for founders that want to work with us, because I've met founders before, and I've even funded them in previous jobs, who said, give me your money and leave me alone. And that's fine if you want to do that, but that's not how we want to operate because what we bring to the table is, you know, the collective experience of our LP base, which is thousands of years in healthcare and can really bend the curve there. Um, and then we also want to make sure the flip side of that is we want to make sure we can add value because if we can't add value, our money's as good as anyone else's. And, and then, and we're not really making, you know, the difference according to the thesis, the way we built the fund. So the first investment we made is a company called Forge Health based in White Plains, New York. And I will say, uh, you know, as we're setting up the fund, I never figured I'd actually drive to my first board meeting, um, and it, as it turned out. Um, and Forge Health is a provider of behavioral health and substance abuse treatment services. So they offer um, sort of a one-stop shop for BH, and they do it both virtually and in person through a network of centers across uh, the Northeast um, right now. And this came to us actually through um, actually someone who worked for Richard and his other company going to high school with the founder, Eric. Um, we met with them. We love their model, trauma-informed care, the able to, ability to do one-stop shop, substance abuse and um, BH because there's a co-occurring diagnosis. You can, if you treat one without the other, can't necessarily have the best outcome. And we just love that, you know, it was, he had, he had a proven model, basically build a center, open it up, having a referral base and it scales. The, the margins are, are solid and they are also, you know, focused on being in network and really treating populations, including they have a veterans and first responders division, where, which are, um, which have great need for this sort of care. Um, so super excited about this one. And we also looked at it as, look, there's a ton of health, uh, sorry, a ton of activity in behavioral health these days. We recognize that. But one of the reasons there's a ton of health activity in behavioral health is that there's such a need for it. And so, um, you know, we love, you know, we saw that Eric was able to build a model, attract the employees and attract the patients because you got to have the supply and the demand side. Um, so we've been very excited there and, you know, to, to talk about the model that we built and how it's, it's been relevant in this case, um, for, for forge, we also, and because we saw this as something that our LPs would understand, you know, we, if we were something that was way too far out there, um, it, it would have been harder for them to relate to, especially as a first investment. 
Um, so we brought Forge to the table and what we've done, for instance, um, Forge was looking for a new chairperson of the board and uh, one of our investors, Tim Wentworth, a former CEO of Express Scripts and um, head of Evernorth for Cigna, uh, stepped in as chair of the board. We've helped Forge with um, contracting relationships with payers and other um, referral sources. Um, we've helped them raise uh, their Series A subsequently as well. So we've done a whole lot to support the company and that's that's exactly how we like to operate. Um, so that's, that's Forge Health. Um, and we're really excited. You know, we just had the board meeting actually on Wednesday, some amazing growth that we've seen from them. And, and yes, obviously that matters to us as an investor, but it also means that they're reaching more people and able to help more people. That, that also matters to us. The second investment is PsychHub. PsychHub was founded by uh, Marjorie Morrison and represent Patrick Kennedy, looking to be a resource for behavioral health in terms of providing education, training, um, peer support, uh, and uh, an ally support. And then ultimately, the biggest vision um, is matching patients to the right provider. Um, and so they've been building out educational content. They've got a podcast um, as well. Um, a YouTube channel with uh, millions of uh, millions upon millions of views, um, and so they provide their uh, their tools and support, um, whether it's providers, whether it's plans that want to make sure that their providers are meeting uh, training standards, um, employers looking to provide support for their um, for their employees as well. Um, so love what they're building there, and in you know serving a huge need in terms of building this, uh, this, this ability, ultimately, which is connecting providers and patients um, so that everyone's getting the right care at the right time. Uh, the third one um, is not in behavioral health. We're not a behavioral health fund, um, but is actually a company called XP Health. And we actually met XP Health through the Rosenman Institute um, out uh, really, uh, associated with UCSF. Um, just introduced to Antonio, was immediately struck by uh, his, his, both his enthusiasm and his humility at the same time. What XP Health is, is a new model for a vision benefit. Basically, I think anyone who's ever had vision insurance knows that it's pretty much broken. You don't get a whole lot of value out of it. It's really kind of just a bad layaway plan. Um, and most of vision insurance is really designed, designed to uh, really support the economic models of the providers of the hardware in particular, and maybe to a lesser extent, the optometrists. Um, and so XP's come in and said, you know what, we can do this better. We can do this better in terms of the way we're providing customer service by being a digital first model. There's a lot of things that don't actually require you to come in in person and kind of taking, but we can also provide all the same selection of uh, glasses, contact lenses that you're used to. Um, you know, Warby Parker, and I, I wore Warby Parker glasses for years, does an amazing job with this, but they're one brand and people often want a selection of many other things. And so what XP Health has been able to do is take the best of Warby Parker and the best of what out there and build a high value uh, vision plan and wearing some glasses from XP right now. They, they wouldn't, uh, as soon as we invested, they said, you can't wear Warby Parker anymore, which I understood. Um, and so, um, so that's XP Health, and that's our third investment. And you know, again, with with XP and with PsychHub, you know, told the story about Forge, same sort of thing in terms of supporting the companies, helping them grow, helping them meet the right people, um, introducing them to business opportunities, and so forth. Maybe I should try XP Health. I need some some new glasses. I, I'm, I definitely recommend it. We can we can uh, make happy to make the introduction, Antonio. Yeah. No, that's really really cool. Well. What's what's really next then for you? Uh, like how many investments do you hope to make a year? I know that can change, right? But um, as we wrap up here, we'd love to hear, mm -hmm. you know, what's maybe on the radar 
that you're really interested in investing in? And then, you know, what, what that uh, range of like, how many could you end up investing in 2023, for instance? Yeah. So when we look at our fund and, you know, given, you know, the, the model that I was describing, which is very much hands-on the, um, you know, we want to be focused um, because, it, you know, we can't be too diluted. We're not, we're, it's, this is our first fund. We have a team of six, you know, we brought in a head of network, we brought in a, a principal uh, and we have a, an associate as well. We're you know, amazing team that we're building, but there's only so many things that we can be close to. And if we're going to be this hands-on, this engaged, we can't make that, that many investments. Otherwise we dilute basically our core uh, our core value that we believe that we provide. So we're expecting this year um, to make three to four investments. And overall, we're expecting, you know, same thing next year. So the fund portfolio probably be in the nine to 11 company range. So not, you know, smaller than many funds, not smaller than every fund, but smaller than many funds like to be. Um, so we spend more time with each of these companies. So that's what we're looking for this year as well. Um, in terms of, you know, how we're looking at the world, we, we, we still see all kinds of opportunities. Um, just to give you one example, obviously the shift to home has been something that things uh, or changing site of service, maybe to, to describe it more broadly, is something that folks have been talking about for a long time. And that's, you know, that is a really uh, um, wide aperture to look at the world. Um, but we see between that, um, the new payment models that still we've been, you know, how long we've been talking about value-based care, uh, at least a decade at this point, but it seems that things may be one more familiar at this point to the industry, but also closer to a financial breaking point in terms of, uh, financial models for health systems and things like that. So there's more impetus around that. And the third is now you're seeing advanced technology really kind of making its way out there. Um, I'm sure I'm, I won't say anything about ChatGPT because I think at this point people are completely saturated with it. But even now, Doximity is using it, you know, things like that. So, so you're seeing these things actually being incorporated into uh, platforms in a meaningful way. And so, uh, you know, transitions of care, care in the home, you know, changing site of service. Those are those are examples of of areas where we see huge opportunity. Um, and so we're not, you know, we're not looking for one particular thing that fits in. Like we never went out and said, gosh, we really want to find a new vision plan because there's really only one company out there doing that. Um, so we're a little bit flexible, I would say, um, a little bit opportunistic when it comes to that within the aperture in which we operate. But as one example, we, you know, that's one place where we see enormous opportunity and, and, and you know, probably finding a few opportunities uh, that we're interested in at the moment. Well, John, I want to thank you once again for, for joining me on the podcast here today, telling your story, telling us about this new uh, fund, first fund, and wish you all the best of luck. Hopefully, we can have you come on when you make some additional investments as well. We can cover those companies also. For sure. Would love that. Um, this is uh, really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Uh, my kids, anytime I'm on a podcast, I tell them and they're like, you're famous now. And I'm like, I don't want to be famous. It's okay. But they think it's gonna, they're going to be so uh, excited. So uh, thank you so much for this opportunity.